Hi, I'm Jessica and you're listening to the Socially Business Podcast. Yeah, thanks Jessica and, uh, and thank you for coming on. It's, uh, it's going to be good to speak to you. Um, for, for people who don't know, tell us kind of who you are and, and what kind of content you make. Sure, yeah. Um, my name's Jess, as I mentioned. Um, I create content for my small business that we launched back in June last year. So it's heavily based around the small business side of things and obviously trying to promote using social media. And that's essentially how we built our business over lockdown is entirely through the use of, of social media. Yeah. So um, what is your small business? Uh, we are a gothic luxury candle company so um, we make all sorts of gothic inspired products that are mainly home fragrance based we do do more than just candles we've got room sprays and diffusers that sort of thing um, but we've gone for more of the higher end I, I just noticed last year when I was doing a lot of market research that there was quite a lot of the gimmicky side of that that sort of um industry which there's absolutely nothing wrong with but it's not the kind of thing that I would have in my own house so there was this sudden gap there that that wasn't really fulfilling what I would want to buy um which is why we've we've aimed for that end of the market really okay yeah that's really interesting Uh, we've spoken to people before that have said that you know the main reason they started putting content online was because they found uh you know a, a situation where they needed a fix so you found yeah. a situation where you wanted to fix and you've created a whole business around it. So, you know, if you're sat at home yeah. this and you think, actually, I've got something that I, you know, I, I think I've, I've stepped on before, then maybe it's time to give it a go. Um, you touched on it just then, obviously finding something that, you, you know, you didn't think was on the market. But what gave you kind of the inspiration to start a small business? So I actually started out, um, I work in cybersecurity, so uh, I, I still do that, I still work full time doing that from home, obviously with the pandemic, I've been forced to be out of office for almost a year now. But in 2019, I actually picked up a bit of a side hustle, I've been wanting to build um, multiple ways of earning an income for quite a while. So I started selling a cruelty-free perfume. And after a couple of months, I noticed there was a lot of sellers that were making their own products as well. But everything they were doing was nothing that I would personally buy. And um, it was quite mass market, if you like. It was a very Yankee candle in its approach, which is not really my vibe anyway. And I thought, well, if they can learn how to do it, then I can. And why don't I give it a go? I'd left... I'd left acting. I'd been in the film industry for 10 years. So I had this sort of creative uh, hole there that I hadn't really fulfilled with anything else for probably about six months. Um, So, yeah, it was a combination of things. Partly it was a creative reason. I needed an outlet. Partly I saw there was a bit of a gap there. And I thought if I gave myself enough opportunity to learn that I probably could pick it up and and run with it. And that's essentially where it where it came from. So you um, 21,000 TikTok followers. That's not a small number by any means. Um, and congratulations <laughs> on building an audience that large. Um, Thank you. How, how do you think you've How do you think you've got your audience to that size? Honest, I wish I wish I could tell you in terms of TikTok. It was completely. I, I jumped on the trend last year when everyone was really bored in lockdown down and everyone decided to set up TikTok and have a bit of fun I must have posted three or four videos and I gave up and it just you know sat by the wayside for probably about six seven months and then a friend of mine who has very successful TikTok said you know you really need to use this for your business and I sort of said to her I've got no idea what I'm doing I don't know how to utilize it 
So she gave me a couple of pointers and this was only, uh, it'd be two weeks on Sunday. So I've only had the TikTok for two weeks. <laughs> um, and she gave me a couple of pointers on how to use it. And literally the Monday morning, I decided, right, I'm going to film today and do a couple of videos and stick them up and just see what happens. And within a couple of days, we, you know, amassed like 300,000 views on one video. So it was not intentional um, for once with my other social media it is very intentional, but the TikTok was just to see if we could utilize that as a potential way to build up more traffic. Yeah. Um, so I'm still learning. It's probably <laughs> the short answer. I'm still figuring that one out. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. And um, we spoke to uh, a guy, um, he's in the 3D printing world. Um, and he said, oh, okay, one, yeah. yeah, one of his videos completely blew up. Um, overnight and got over three million views. That wow. night, he made more money in sales on his website than he has ever made working and working his job. So he said, you know, social media or TikTok in particular changed his life completely overnight when it comes to selling a product. Um, how how important do you think social media in general has been towards, or or has it been important for the growth of your business? Oh, absolutely paramount. I mean, just to give you some figures, you know, 87% of our sales come through Instagram. So actually, about six months into the business, I saw that stat and I thought, oh, I don't actually like that because that means if anything happened to our Instagram, 87% of our business would go down the pan. So it shows how strong that has been but now our focus is on actually trying to build other um audiences elsewhere hence the tiktok and facebook and things like that just so that we're pulling traffic in from multiple sources not just from one um but yeah 87 percent of people have come through instagram so it's been a massive a massive part of our growth mm. for for anyone that's listening you know they um they may have a small product that they make um and they're looking at how they can kind of grow their brand online what advice would you give people who are just starting out do your market research first and really spend a lot of time doing that don't it's really tempting to just want to rush to sell it because you're really excited you know you've just learned this new skill or maybe it's a skill you've had for years um, and you finally got this product and you just want to sell it should we get it to market but the problem with that is you've, you've either not built up the right audience to sell it to. So you're just selling to no one or a cold audience. Um, so, yeah, really, you want to start building. Do your market research. Find out that there's definitely uh, a place for you. And I, I'm a big believer that there's a place for everyone in every market. I really am. I think it's just about finding your unique angle on that particular product. Um, and once you know that, and once you've got that, then start finding that customer base and start building it up. Before we even launched, we had, I think it was 2,000 followers on Instagram. It wasn't masses, but that was 2,000 potential leads. You know, we sold we sold out of stock within the first half an hour of our launch day. And within two and a half weeks, we made £3,000 in sales. So we'd already warmed everyone up to who we are, who we are what we do. Um, we'd already built up a mailing list. It wasn't a huge mailing list, but it was still a mailing list. Um, and I think that's really, really important is just not, not rush to just get down and start selling because you've really built no one to sell to at that point. And it'll just, it'll probably fizzle out a bit quicker because you'll lose interest. You'll think no one cares about it. And actually it's just because you haven't found anyone yet. Yeah. No, that's, re that's really interesting. You touched on a mailing list. We spoke to um, Doug Cunnington a couple of weeks back couple of weeks, couple of weeks back. 
Um, and he specializes in uh, niche websites um, and building an audience that way, blogging. Um, mm. how, how important has a mailing list been to you? And you know, what, would, what kind of um, advice would you give to people when it comes to a mailing list? It's detrimental. Like it's that that mailing list. You own that mailing list, and this is where you kind of weigh up. You know, a marketplace platform like Etsy, for example, and then say a Shopify like we have, where you can actually build your own customer base and keep their their names and addresses as a mailing list. It means that you own that. You know, and if anything was to happen you can take those people with you and you've still got that network that you've worked really hard to build because it isn't easy to build up a mailing list and get people to trust in you enough to actually have your emails come into their inbox. Um, Whereas obviously sites like Etsy, it is a marketplace. You don't get to build that that interaction. Um, You can offer them sales. You can offer them discounts that they won't get elsewhere. It just gives them a little bit more. You can tailor it and be a bit more personal i mean for example we sent out an email just over valentine's day that had no, it was no nothing to do with marketing we weren't interested in marketing to our customers we didn't want to sell at them it was just to thank them for being part of the journey with us and to just you know after everything that's happened this year to get them to really focus on what love actually is and it's not just between a man and a woman you know love is really everywhere and that was the message we wanted to send everyone and you couldn't necessarily do that if you didn't have a list um so yeah I think it's really really important more than ever I would say okay so again you you touched on my next point in in the last bit you spoke about um about not being too salesy how how and what advice would you give to people because I I see a lot of I see a lot of good sales um, techniques on kind of social media and I see a lot of bad sales techniques. I see a lot of people saying, buy this now. And I see a lot of people going, here's my lovely product in a nice setting, you know, without actually touching on the sales part. What advice would you give to people when it comes to not being too salesy on social media? Um, I've seen it myself. It's interesting you said that because it makes me do an eye roll whenever I see it. Um, And the fact that it makes me eye roll as someone who owns a business. I mean, customers are not stupid. If anything, they've got even more savvy than ever. Like they know when they're being card hold, you know, hard sold to. Um, So you've just got to get a little bit more smart and just think also, how would you want to be sold to? I think, especially from a small business, you know, People really want to buy into the ethos, into the ethics, into the story, into the family business. If you are a family business, they want to understand more about you and where the products come from. And that actually takes time. It's not really a sales pitch as such. It's about building out your brand story. Um, And eventually people will really trust in that and want to buy from that just by default, Mm -hmm. rather than constantly having products shoved in their face and saying, you know, buy this, buy this. And the same goes for having discounts on all of the time as well. It just devalues things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say don't hard sell. And you don't need to. If you've got a good product and you have got, you found your right audience and you're doing a really good job of marketing your products and you're taking great pictures and you're telling them why they really need that product, tell them why, um, they, will come, they will come. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. You... Um... You spoke earlier about how your business is actually really quite niche specific. Um, how important do you think it's been to the growth of your sales um, in the fact that you've really niched down into a certain topic? 
Yeah, again, massively important because especially with the candle industry, there are there is temptation to just go quite mainstream because it does really well. There's the temptation that, you know, it's what people recognize. Um, but at the same time, if you're trying to appeal to everyone, you end up appealing to no one. And I actually learned that through a YouTube boot camp I did a couple of years back. Um, there's a woman in LA that does this incredible boot camp, and I actually took part in that because I was interested in YouTube at one time. Mm. And um, she taught me probably a lot of that. So it's it's interesting how it's transferable in that way. I've been able to apply a lot of what I learned in that boot camp into running a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that was all about niching down. And then when you think you found your niche, you need to niche it down again and then again until you've really found something that's quite uh, small. Um, so really, we're just aiming to dominate that very tight niche. That's what we're after. Um, and hopefully we'll get there. Yeah, no, that's it. I think it's really important to kind of really dig into that because I think, especially like you said, in, in a big market like candles where you could make your own candles quite easily, um, not to the not to the extent that you make yours because I've seen some of your TikTok videos, they're incredible. But thank you. some people could start a, a candle business quite easily, but I think they would fizzle yeah. out quite quickly because of how... Um, mundane they are or how you know how how not boring it's probably the wrong word to say but you know how un <laughs> the quality isn't there basically so I, yeah I, I i mean it's not you know it's been around for for hundreds and hundreds of years candle making i mean we're not reinventing the wheel um but you have to find a new way of delivering that product to people because like you say it's so saturated Mm. and I think that's just what it is it's just about finding your angle on it and you know there are things that you're bound by you know you're bound by legalities and things like that there are certain things you can and can't do but it's just finding your own artistic way around that so that you can deliver something a little bit different um and just thinking a bit outside the box but you you are right in the sense that it has been done for hundreds of years it's not the hardest thing in the world I mean all I did was watch YouTube videos Mm. and after a few months I gained enough sort of knowledge by watching youtube that i decided to wax them out in my kitchen and just give it a go so if i can do it like that plenty of people can yeah no that's really good advice thank you um so if i'm sat here now and i'm thinking right i've i've come up with a really good t-shirt design or i've come up with a really good a a product that i really like and i want to start selling um what advice would you give to people that want to look down the paid advertisement route have you looked at kind of influencer marketing you know social media marketing it done that because i know people think they have to spend money to get sales isn't always the case but have you ever looked into that yeah absolutely i mean when we first launched we did a very small pr campaign where we sent out um a set of pr boxes to people that were within our niche that we thought would be beneficial um that was free product so it was a cost to the business but that obviously helped with us gaining that audience before we even launched so it helped us to build that that mailing list after that we then had a couple of brand reps at the end of last year for three months uh they had discount codes that we used um they got pr boxes every month to use so we actually made almost seven thousand pounds worth of sales just off those brand rep discount codes so that's because we were hitting three different brand rep audiences so that brought in seven thousand pounds worth of sales that we may not have necessarily got had we not been able to tap into that audience and then we've just actually got a new brand rep today that we've announced today and that's for 
uh, between now and summertime. And this one's actually a paid partnership. So it's our first paid partnership. Um, and, you know, we just see value. We see value in what she does in her audience. Um, and we know that it works. We've got the figures and the stats now. We know that it works. In terms of advertising social media-wise, so promoted posts, Facebook, things like that, we do promote some of our posts. Um, we don't get masses from Facebook. That's something we don't get loads from. We don't get loads from Google, but I'll be honest, that's because my knowledge isn't great on those paid platforms. And that's where I think you need to start bringing in people that have got that skill set as a business. If you don't have it, you need to start bringing in the people that really understand analytics, that really understand what they're doing, because otherwise you are just throwing money down the gauntlet and it's not going to reach anybody. Yeah. Now that's, that's a really good point. Actually, my, one of my questions to you is going to be, you know, lots and lots of people are seeing that building a small business is now quite popular, you know, TikTok, mm. its own hashtag of, you know, small business, TikTok and all that kind of stuff. And it's lovely to see, but what happens when, you get to the point where you are growing, the business is growing faster than you are as a person. You know, not everyone is, not everyone is built to be a, a CEO or a, or a business owner. Some people, you know, really enjoy being a small business owner. So what would your advice be to anybody that is kind of where the business is outgrowing their, their own growth? Outsource, outsource the skills you don't have or get a, you know, co-partner, get someone in, co-founder that has the opposite skills to you that could complement each other because that's exactly it. We don't all have all of it. And I would think anyone, no matter how big the company, no matter how big the CEO might be, probably lacks a certain skill that somebody is filling in somewhere. And obviously I appreciate that comes down to finances and money and whether you can afford those people. And it's something we will look at as soon as we are able, I'll be getting someone in to do with uh, social media to do with, um, like you say, promoting posts and things, using Google shopping, they're all skills that I lack. I know I lack them. It's why we're not, we're not utilizing it that well at the moment. And for financials, it's another weekend area of mine. I'm come from quite a creative background. You know, I like to think up the ideas and design the ideas. It's where my enjoyment comes. The minute you talk to me in numbers, you know, yeah, not interested really. So yeah, the minute that we're able to outsource it, we will. And I would suggest that as soon as that chance comes up for everyone else to definitely consider doing it because it will level up your business without a doubt. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good advice. Thank you. Um, you spoke about YouTube earlier as well. I wanted to touch on that. If we could, you've got quite a few videos yeah. out. They do, they do, you know, quite well, 300 subscribers on YouTube is, is still quite big because you have to, you have to get past that first kind of growing stage. Um, and then I noticed that obviously there's not been, um, I think there's no, been no video. Is it eight months now? Well, the last video was eight months ago. Is there a reason for that? Is there, you know, was there, was there something that stopped it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I say, I left the film industry. Uh, very last thing that I shot was towards the end of 2019. So it's been well over a year since I did anything. Um, I tried my hand at YouTube. I thought that it was a natural progression. I've got a degree in film. So it was like, why don't I just run my own channel? went down that route and I knew within a couple of months of doing it just wasn't it wasn't what I wanted to do anymore mm. um so I just stopped making videos and that, and that was that um and then I thought I'd utilize it for the company it makes sense to utilize that um 
but again, we've not utilised it to its full potential. We, we've got a few friends that have got their own production company. We're going to be producing some stuff later on in the year, COVID permitting, hmm. um, that will be sort of uh, visually, aesthetically pleasing towards our brand, and that will go on the channel. But yeah, at the moment, there's no plans to use it. It was trying to fill that creative void, which, you know, now here we are, hmm. 18 months down the line, doing something completely different. So yeah, if you've managed to fill it with with something that actually is more appealing to you, which is good. And I think it's, mm. you made a massive point is that you weren't enjoying doing it, so you stopped. You know, not not everyone is is made out to be a YouTuber. And I think lots of people growing up nowadays look at, you know, the, the millionaires that are on YouTube and all the money that's there and the fame that comes with it and think that that's what they want to do. Like people used to, you know, want to be footballers or, or movie stars. Yes. So... No, it's really good that you touched on that. You, you know, you don't have to do it if it's not something you enjoy doing. Not everybody wants to be a, a absolutely or a photographer. So the amount of work involved as well, like it, it very quickly gets boring and old if you are not into it. And I think I should have known because the thing I really hated when I did my degree was editing. I hated it. Never liked to do it. Yeah. So the fact that I even attempted YouTube, I spent more of my time editing than I did doing the bit that I actually liked so I think that's what the downfall was for me was that most of it was the stuff I hated anyway so yeah no fair enough that's that's really good advice um again for for anybody looking in that kind of wants to start a small business selling products online what goes into the and you touched on it with finances and social media that kind of stuff but what goes into the back end of a small business that you wouldn't kind of think of before you'd started it um I, I I mean we started with a really small budget. We started with about 600 quid in our back pocket. So we really have bootstrapped our way to where we are now. So every penny that we've made has gone straight back into the business. You know, it's gone into machinery. It's gone into inventory, leveling up our packaging, um, offering more products. So we started out with a really limited range. We've now got a relatively vast range of products in the last eight months. Um so yeah, we didn't start with an awful lot and that's something for people to take away that you can start with a very small amount. You've just got to make sure you build your business model around it. And we did that by doing a sort of pre um, pre-sale offer. So people would buy things, we use that money to make things and reinvest in things. So that is how we've managed to do it. It's not easy to do if you don't use that kind of model. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of, anything else I can't, I can't think of anything else that no that's good cool. your yeah, question you earlier as well with kind of the, the financing and the, the social media part mm-hmm. of it and all that kind of jazz so no that's absolutely fine um has there and I, I hate to bring the I don't want to bring the mood down has there ever been a point where you've looked at kind of the numbers either that's money coming in or social media accounts not doing so well or anything like that have you ever looked at the numbers side of it and it really affecting you? Yeah, all the time. I'm not good with numbers. I'm not good with figures. Uh, I like to spend money. That's a problem. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you've got to acknowledge your weaknesses when you are in control of this amount of income in and out. I mean, there's money flowing in and out of the business all the time. I'm someone that if I've got it, I'm like, I can use it for this and I can use it for that and I can create this, you know, fantastic thing. And everything costs money. Everything that you do, every penny you spend in business is coming out of that, um, 
that that pot of money and I've learned that the hard way you know I wanted to develop really quick so everything we earned in the first few months I was pumping straight back into making new products and obviously that pot dwindled to the point where we didn't really have any left Mm. so we suddenly scrapping around for for actual cash flow Um, and that's just a weakness in my personality and I think that running the business has made me realize that I've had to sit back and go you know what you have to pace your time if you don't have the cash flow there just because it's sat in the bank doesn't mean it's not spoken for in other ways you can't just spend it on you know launching a brand new product range maybe not the right time to do it so yeah I think everyone has the weaknesses and that was definitely mine it's good to know um creative people in general and business people in general coming away from kind of the the money side of it will look at um will look at the social media numbers so you know 21,000 TikTok followers um you know all of all of your Instagram followers and all that kind of stuff has there ever been a time where they haven't been performing as well um and has that ever affected the way you've kind of looked at your business no we've been really lucky with that um but i think this this comes back to not just selling this comes down to building this culture and this community around it so we're very active online i I spend a lot of my energy and i've always replied to every single message that we've ever received even though our instagram's nearly at ten thousand followers now Mm. i try to make a point of speaking to every single person everyone knows me in some way and because of that they are genuinely engaged with what we're doing you know i keep them informed on new things that we're releasing i warn people up when there's a new product coming up i launched one the other day you know we're not dropping it till halfway through march but it just gets them excited so it's a lot of effort i'm not saying that every business would be built to deal with that it is a big drain uh, energy wise but it's paid off for us in that respect so i know that our audience i community will come through pretty much every time and every launch that we've done has just got bigger and bigger every single time and I can only put that down to the fact that we've put the effort in with them and they've given back to us tenfold so it's a two-way it's a two-way relationship it's not just us constantly taking from them and expecting them to spend their hard-earned money with us Mm. we try to give back to them at any chance we get you know we had a a big campaign for Black Friday. We did a treasure hunt, which took quite a lot of integrating on the website, but it was something nobody else was doing. So I've tried to be innovative in the way that we do giveaways and things like that. Um, Maybe we've given a little bit more than we should offer a small business. We spent quite a big proportion last year on giving discount codes, giving away, giving away uh, gift cards, but it's in our ethos to give back to people who have built our business from the ground up. So mm. it's an, it's an important part of what we do. I yeah. think that's why they come through for us time and time again. Yeah. And actually that's, that's really interesting. When I've asked people that question before, they've always said, yeah, you know, my Instagram account didn't get this many likes one time and it, and it really affected me or um, this did something this time and it really affected me. But essentially what you're saying is you're, you're building an environment where that doesn't happen. And that's really quite powerful because, yeah. you know, you're, you are in control of the social media accounts that you run. So if you're looking at, at this as, a, as someone who, you know, is just starting out or, you know, you're getting comments from people that, you know, you're not enjoying, you're in control of, of the social media account that you're, that you're creating. So that's a really, really powerful point. Thank you. Um, I feel like you've answered all of the questions I've got down here. So um, 
my my last one is for you know for anybody that is wanting to either start selling a product online or just wants to start creating content online what what kind of takeaway point would you give them if if they were going to ask you you know i want to go and do one thing after listening to this what would that one thing be Hmm. what that one thing be be passionate about what it is that you want to sell or do that's the essence of everything it kind of goes back to the youtube thing earlier you will know your audience will know they won't buy into it don't ever treat your audience like they're thick because they're not that they can see right through if you aren't genuine if your um ethics are not if you don't genuinely believe in what you say and what you sell um so yeah i think don't treat your audience as, as stupid they're a lot more smarter than you think um and be very passionate about what you do and if you aren't that passionate about it um change it up find something else there's there's so many things you can do nowadays like you say there's people jumping onto the idea of even starting their own business there's so many routes in to creating something or selling a physical product um move on to the next thing you may take four or five things before you find that one thing that sticks that you go my god i wish i found this five years ago i love it i love what i do you know and it shouldn't feel like work either i mean i do this all day every day as well as a full-time job i was up till three last night you know editing the website it's not work to me i'll get up at eight o'clock and i'll do it all again Hmm. um it doesn't feel like a job for the first time in my life and i'm 32 it's Hmm. took me this long so just keep going just keep going if it's if it's not a right fit for you figure it you'll figure it out you'll find your right fit cool no that's a really good answer thank you um so thank you so much for taking the time to come and speak to us today it's been really insightful and i think anybody you know who wants to start their own small business should really listen to this and and take away from what you said if people want to find out what you do or you know the content you create where can they find you you can find all of our products on our store. That's www.thesentcoven.com if you are into gothic luxury homewares and candles. Otherwise, you can find us on Insta. We've got a community over there. That's at The Scent Coven. And we've got a TikTok, of course. So that's at The Scent Coven as well. Perfect. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, it will be in the show notes. If it's a, if it's the YouTube clip you're watching, it will be, uh, be in the description. So again, thank you so much for your time. And uh, hopefully we get to speak to you again soon. Thanks for having me. Yes.